The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him, people are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do this will definitely be my last bound for glory i don't know if it'll be the last time you see me i definitely have something to prove coming back from my injury i feel like i need to show the fans that i'm still the same gale that I'm worthy of being the champion. And at Bound for Glory, I'm going in with the mindset of being champion. And that's what I intend to do, to retire on top and to become the next Knockouts champion. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Geimer, and Paul Leeser. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 271, part 2. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Don't forget to go hit that subscribe button at Wrestling to the Max. That'll not only get you this show, but it also gets you all our great review shows we do too. So don't forget to go do that. Hey, and don't forget to also go and rate and review after subscribing because that not only gets us a little bit more exposure, but it gets us the feedback that we want from you. So please go do that now if you haven't already. And it's a big shout outs over to 411mania.com and lastwordonprowrestling.com. Their support is very amazing and we appreciate them and everything they do for us. Hey, and uh, once again, make sure you go check out the W2M network because that's also a place you go subscribe, rate, and review. Gives you every single show that is on W2Mnet.com. Trust me, there's a wide array of shows, lots of football shows, uh, like Football to the Max. You have the kickoff. Both are really great shows to go check out if you want all the information about your football season. And, of course, Soccer to the Max is on there, too, if you're a big soccer fan. Uh, video games, the entertainment, all just tons of great shows. So make sure you go check out the W2M Network if you haven't done that already. Uh, I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. hey And Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? 
And guys, uh, we are here, uh, of course, post-Halloween, so I am still trying to get fatter and fatter by eating all this candy, um, <laughs> and I hope everybody else is, too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, here we are, and it is now November, so now we're fat from Halloween and ready to get fat at Thanksgiving, so <laughs> boy, <laughs> I'm really hoping uh, I don't like Brian Knobs pretty soon. <laughs> Wow. I don't think your hair is blonde enough. Jerry Sags just okay. left out of the conversation. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I set my goals, Paul. I'm just saying I have goals, man. I mean, you do have that time between Thanksgiving and, uh, and you know, Halloween where you could, you know, work out a lot or something. Yeah, obviously that takes effort. Yeah. So. This was, watching <laughs> watching the tap out commercials on the network that already gets me enough workout. I'm winded after watching those. God. <laughs> so yeah, that's the way it works out sometimes, guys. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, how how is everything with you guys? Did, did you enjoy your Halloween? I mean, I, I know I talked a lot about that on Monday, uh, but I mean, I, I just curious. I mean. Uh, I saw Anaya and everything on Facebook. Kind of looked like she was having fun, man. Yeah, she uh, got the trick or treat at the school, like I told you guys, and then she got to go to the church thing. They didn't let them dress up at church, uh, so they just got they got to play games that involve candy, but they wouldn't give them candy either. What? So I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought the point of it was so that they wouldn't go trick or treating for bad candy. Not that you wouldn't give them any candy, but uh, at least they got to play with silly string. I don't, I don't know how that balances things out, but it's whatever. You know, some places do those things better than others. Uh, it's the first time that I think an eye has ever done something with that church, so. It is what it is. Not not all. Not everything always goes the the way you plan it. But well, at least she, she got to have fun at school. Yeah, I mean it, it, that was the important thing I was going to ask you. Is if she had a fun, then that's a good Halloween. That's all that matters. Candy's candy. You can get that in you know, all time of year. You know, so that's what's you know the most important. You know, she's enjoying herself. Paul, what did you do, man? Did you kind of hang out, watch scary movies, or what was going on in your Halloween? No, uh, I watched SmackDown in 205 and then produced the shows. So I was uh, <laughs> here on the old network doing stuff. <laughs> Working hard for the money, baby. <laughs> or, yeah. or for the lack of. For the lack, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was watching that. a soccer game and doing the soccer podcast, so... We were pretty much the same there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, I was the odd man out. But I'll say this. Hey, I, I paid my dues. I drove an hour to go trick-or-treating and drove an hour home afterwards. So I, that worked oh. out for me. So. That must have been beat. Yeah, it was pretty tiresome. But, hey, I'll say this. Me and my wife got home. Daughter was tired. She went to bed. And we watched uh, – yeah. we, we basically marathoned The Last Man on Earth because we hadn't caught up this season. So we got caught up. So. Very happy about that. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, talking about you know Halloween, I wanted to mention this because you know sometimes these podcasts are time capsules for us. I, we mention this all the time. Uh, so for this time capsule, I want to mention that my daughter did win second place at our city's uh, Halloween costume contest. So nice, so she, sweet. Yeah. I saw the pictures you put online. She looked great. Yeah, yeah. Merida. 
So it was kind of kind of cool. And she got a twenty dollar gift card or ten dollar gift card at Walmart, and a little package and stuff, and a certificate. The certificate is what matters because we're going to keep that in the family uh, cool. baby book. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, just want to mention that really quickly. Very proud of her. Uh, the person that beat her, actually, they put a lot of effort into that costume. I'll say that. So, they deserve to win. So. <laughs> uh, we did. Hey, that's... <laughs> At least it wasn't one of those where, like, they didn't, they just did nothing and they beat you somehow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, hey, I promise her we're talking wrestling in just a second here, but I, I got to say one last thing. Guys, I, I, at Halloween, I saw a trick or treater that was probably three or four years old dresses john snow <laughs> concerned a little bit about the parenting were they allowing him to watch a show or was that a family inspired costume you know so i didn't know i got scared sometimes so. gary it's better not to ask questions <laughs> uh, very true <laughs> very true so yeah, that's why I stay out of uh, uh yeah a lot of stuff. So all right, well let's move on past all that. That we've had a lot of fun. Hope you guys all enjoyed your Halloween. Uh, so we'll move on to the next holiday as it approaches. But we are going to talk wrestling, and we have some big quick hits for you tonight. So let's do them. Let's talk some wrestling news, guys. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right, really quickly here, uh, you know, since it was just, you know, very recent, uh, since we just talked about a few of these things, I want to make a few amendments or, or kind of maybe add on some information to some of the things we talked about on this past uh, part one. And uh, one of those was we talked about WrestleMania 35, and we were speculating it would be in Detroit uh, because some of the rumors were coming out that that was going to be the place, and we kind of gave our opinions about Detroit and what we thought about it, and all of it was actually very positive. Um but we're coming to find out that Detroit didn't even put a bid in. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like WB just all of a sudden decides they're going to go. I don't know if that's true. So we're not really sure on that. That's still a little shaky. Um, so that is something that you just need to keep on the back of your mind. Don't take our word for it. Once again, just big rumors. So I, I don't know you, you guys, but I mean. Once again, I'm happy with Detroit. If it's not Detroit, I don't care. I still with Sean. Well, I think Minnesota deserves it. It'll probably just be some other city that was going to get it before or something. Yeah, all the seems weird seen. that they're only going with cities that put in bids, like that they don't have one that they would just say, "Oh, okay, we like that city. We'll just do it there." I mean, that's how it's worked for him for the last, oh, oh God, six, seven years probably. Yeah. Um, which is great because, you know, they they do bring so much money to a town whenever they, uh, for lack of a better term, take over a city for WrestleMania weekend. So uh, that that's it's super cool that it's gotten this big to the point where cities are bidding on it now. But everything I've seen still has New York and Philly in the running. So I wager they're, they're going to stay up there in the home front area. Mm-hmm. Probably so. I really want to see it in Philly. I think it'd be great. It'd be awesome to have it at the link, you know, and make it a, a huge deal. I think it'd be great. And it, especially for the fact that, you know, uh, how long has it been? Has Philly ever been in the equation for WrestleMania? I don't even know. Not so. Um, 
nonetheless, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting to see, you know, who actually does get this. But, you know, we haven't even got to WrestleMania 34, and we're talking about 35, right? But very, very interesting. I'm kind of curious how this is all going to shake out. I, I Really, honestly, the way I wish it would work out eventually is we go to London for WrestleMania one of these times. I think that would be amazing. So. That would certainly be cool. Uh, and Philly hosted WrestleMania 15. Okay. See, I thought there might be one in there somewhere. So there you go. They've done it before. It's about time for them to get back in it. Hmm. I feel like if it happens in London, we got to make it like a everybody goes trip or something. Uh, that would be the first time my wife is like, yes, let's go to wrestling events. <laughs> 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 Could you see my wife? Cheerio, mate, if she's wearing a Cesaro <laughs> t-shirt. Or no, shame is better for she's, you know, family heritage Irish, so... She's like, let's go now. <laughs> or a Becky Lynch shirt. She could. Little assless kickers. Yeah, that's right. We could go in with those. Or, kick- well, Lily could wear the Be- Becky Lynch shirt. That's right. Little last <laughs> kickers. She the shirt. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cute. She's yeah. Uh, the- it really would be. I, I don't even know what the Seamus one says right now. Fella? Uh, who knows? Do people still buy those? That's a question I should ask. Um, you need to but, call that 1-800 number. Yeah. I, I think... My wife, you know, does have her dark side, so she may actually buy a Finn Balor shirt. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know. Not, I'm really kind of curious to see, you know, if uh, we ever do get that London show for WrestleMania. Mm. Uh, one other thing we need to talk about for sure, because we mentioned this on that show, uh, part one, was this Leo Rush situation and his comments about Emma and how it was kind of blown, you know, way overboard um but a lot of people took it very serious and really felt like leo rush was disrespecting emma and the things that he said now he did come out with that apology as we told you um and maybe that's the only thing that saved him from getting fired possibly uh seems like they were really considering getting rid of this guy over those comments through social media now that apology may have saved it but did it save his reputation? And is everybody else overreacting, or do they have a right to be mad? And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the people that work with this guy in the locker room, the people that are over him and officials in the WWE. What do you think about that? Uh, it certainly was incredibly unprofessional, right? Uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty much a given. I don't know if it's worth firing him over though like it's a big deal and you kind of you know you went out of your way to make a joke uh at somebody's expense and everybody took it as super mean and then all this stuff but i don't firing seems a little severe can you imagine all the heat he could get though taking that promo on the road on the indies (laughs) yeah I, I think that would certainly work out for him. Hey, I had a literal cup of coffee mm-hmm. with WWE, <laughs> and now, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I think it is uh, a little bit of too much. I think it is a very stern warning for him, though, that pretty much he's on a short leash now. Uh, he better watch his P's and Q's for a long, long time uh, and, you know, and actually do something with the company before he ever – so something like that again or, or anything getting close to that. Uh, it was really bad. You shouldn't say those things, making fun of somebody after they lose their job. That's probably one of the worst things you can uh, really do for anybody in just life in general, mm-hmm. let alone uh, something like that. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I could totally see WWE firing him for something like that because we've seen people get fired for doing dumb stuff on social media before. It's it's not uh, anything new in work life, but yeah, I'd hate to see him not even get a shot in NXT before he gets let go for something like that. I totally understand WWE's frustration because, you know, they try to keep things as politically correct as they can when it comes to the public, and social media is very public. They don't want to make people to be angry. They they don't want people to think that they're picking on somebody, and, you know, they want to take it serious. I think, you know, really this overreaction has probably affected Leo Rush and, you know, the way people are looking at him. But I think over time, it'll smooth over. And especially once he starts getting into the ring and and getting more matches under his belt. And the more he impresses him, the more this kind of stuff will be behind him. But right now, as fresh as he is into the WWE, I just think that they, you know, don't have a lot invested in him right now. They don't see enough of him to really care if he's employed with him or not just yet but once he proves them that you know he deserves to be there this kind of stuff yeah they can play it off as a joke um but yeah hopefully he can you know keep things uh a little more more pc on social media and maybe not burn bridges maybe actually build some so let's see how <laughs> that that works out i'm sorry but if they would have fired him uh, you know, let's just say they would have done this. I could just see the Young Bucks right now having a cup of coffee saying, hey, have a cup of Leo. <laughs> Don't a cup of Joe, cup of Leo. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, let's hope Leo Rush makes better decisions. Uh, moving on from that, though, I'm really interested what you guys think about this. Now, this is something that's really kind of actually something that I, I could – uh, get behind maybe and then maybe not uh daniel bryan's contract is coming up and it, it, it probably before we know it and right now they're trying to look at things and try to evaluate because i'm sure daniel bryan's still looking at maybe getting back into wrestling maybe getting away from wb and they're looking at possibly putting nikki bella into that gm role for smackdown post daniel bryan and replacing him and this is, you know, something that, you know, seems like it could be a part of Total Divas as well. I mean, Sean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, oh, well, for one, it wouldn't be surprising if it's on a Total Divas. So they come up with storylines that sometimes we never see kind of fruition uh, at all. Uh, you know, honestly, there could be worse people uh, that that they could have take this role. Uh, we know that Nikki Bella really didn't want to wrestle that much if she came back uh, at all. Uh, and it makes sense, right? Handing it off to a family member, sort of. So I, I, there's ways they could reach that. I think it's a good way to keep her on TV, get over the Dancing with the Stars hype and transfer that to SmackDown, which will probably last like a week and then people will just keep not not caring uh i think you know i don't know that this brings like eyes to smackdown like daniel bryan does or did i don't know if he really does anymore because he's so like infrequent but you know i if cena whenever cena does come back 
I'm sure that they can make storylines with that too. Uh, this is great. This would be great if you know the Miz was still on SmackDown because that would be a fantastic storyline. Uh, but sadly, he's not. So, eh, I'm just gonna go with the. It, there could be worse people that they could pick. Mm. Uh, I mean, Daniel Bryan's contract doesn't expire until next year, so there's still time for this to go through ebbs and flows. But this is sort of early talks. And I think WWE is looking at this and sort of looking back in their history and going, man, you know, the last time we did something like this, we created a pretty big star. And that was AJ Lee, uh, who got supremely over being involved and made the, the main event story over on Raw as the GM for for a couple months. Uh, and I'm wondering if they're looking at something like that again and thinking, man, we could really do that with Nikki. She's already super popular uh, with that Total Divas crowd, as well as, you know, just, I think, women in general. Uh, so, transferring that and trying to capitalize on that and turning her into possibly a, a star that can do what AJ was doing, I think is something that appeals very heavily to WWE, and I think that's probably why they're looking into this as a possible idea down the road. I just hope that they don't turn this into a whole I'm not like getting pissed at you or whatever because who your you know fiance is or whatever you know like make it about her don't make it an excuse to make it about Cena constantly because then you're not really empowering her right if you're if you're you know Dudley still on this whole women's revolution thing and women's empowerment whatever just you know Make sure you keep it about Nikki Bella and her helping. Let's let's hope that the women's division gets helped in all this too. If you're gonna, you know, do that and and help her her rise out of this, not like, well, whenever your fiance gets back, blah blah blah. Like, just let's please leave him out of this. Yeah, I, I would hope so too. And that's kind of one of those things that worries you a little bit because you know John Cena seems to pop up. You know, at any moment when, you know, someone that he's related to or a situation that he's related to, it usually kind of ends up being that way. So let, let's hope if this does happen in the future, it is about Nikki and not about Nikki slash John. So. Yeah, um, like her pulling the Stephanie card and, oh, hey, my husband is here. Uh, yeah. Me. <laughs> you know. Don't worry, he's old, but he can take you on. <laughs> you can even join the shield for a night oh god i saw that that was the most ridiculous looking thing <laughs> triple h and shield garb god. man i mean all these old men pretending that it's a part of the shield oh that's just that's still I, better I, than roman oh that was a nice shot <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I really am because I can see Ric Flair putting on that vest next. You know, <laughs> God. Oh yeah, you know his uh, his thirty for thirty is going to be have air on Tuesday. So uh-huh. you know, let's let's put him in it too. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Let's let's see this happen. Oh boy. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, this whole Nikki Bella thing, I'm really curious. You're right, Paul. It, it's down the line. This is early talk, but I don't think it's a bad move, but I, I won't say it's a great move because I'm not a particularly a Bella fan. I'm just not. I just, if I want to be annoyed, you know, I'll just turn on politics, you know? 
Uh, but, you know, let's, let's move on to something else that I find interesting, and that's the world of Impact Wrestling. And, yes, a lot of other people may not find that interesting, but I do for all the things that take place now. It's like watching The Young and the Restless or any other kind of dramatic show because things are always falling down or trying to be put together on this uh, whole vast universe of Impact Wrestling uh, or minimal universe. Uh, what's going on right now? Uh, one big thing, uh, Rockstar Spud, we just talked about him being released and you, you thought, well, no, they just decided to get rid of him, you know, move on, get new talent, let some of the old garb go. That's not really the case. Uh, Rockstar Spud had to be let go for the fact that Impact Wrestling screwed up. It wasn't even really supposed to be a thing. Apparently, they failed to fill out the proper paperwork for his visa, which meant he can't be in the country and he can't get paid. So that kind of causes an issue if you want to have someone employed with you and they're a foreigner. So, you know, that's a big bummer. I really do like Rockstar Spud. I think he has something to offer. I'm not saying they would have kept him around anyway, but... It kind of stinks that that's the way he went out, right? I mean, just by a, a paperwork problem. I mean, it's just classic Impact Wrestling at this point. This is the whole reason I put that on here. <laughs> and it's a Dixie thing, right? It's a Dixie Carter era uh, group that did yeah, this. Supposedly this happened during her time, and that's why all this happened. But it's just, even if it was current era stuff, like it's it's unbelievable that this is how he lost his job with the company. God. Could you imagine, Sean? I mean, you're 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 working. Hey, you know what? You know, there's that that whole account of LOL TNA. Just add this to the yeah, just list. Put that on there, yeah. <laughs> Golly, I mean, what, just what a situation. You know, you think, oh, th- you know, this company's you know doing the right things. I'm happy, and the next thing you know, you turn around and ah, by the way, uh, we forgot some small detail. So. Oops. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he lands on his feet somewhere else and we get to enjoy him. Uh, Impact Wrestling also has this going on. Uh, they're trying to mend some fences with people. And one of those people they're trying to do this with is Ring of Honor. And, you know, this is a little bit of a situation. Uh, you know, they're also trying to get, you know, in with New Japan as well. So when you get Ring of Honor, you're trying to do the same with New Japan. Uh, but they, you know, were over there and uh, visiting Noah recently. Uh, as you know, we all know they have that relationship and partnership with Noah and AAA. And as we were in Japan, they went ahead and stopped by a New Japan show. And uh, we had, you know, Scott Demore uh, trying to make apologies uh, for some of the things that, you know, that went on between Impact and Ring of Honor. Of course, we know uh, they were, they kind of had an issue. Remember when we had the Hardys on with Ring of Honor and Dish Network would not show the Ring of Honor show because they were afraid that Anthem would sue them or, you know do something bad so they decided not to show so this is a big problem they've had a lot of problems I mean, paul i think you could probably explain this better than i am because this is a whole big mess but nonetheless impact is trying to get back in good graces with other companies yeah so the ring of honor situation is them basically wanting to rebuild that bridge and work with them all over again and uh, this is because both Delirious and Sanjay Dutt, who are, you know, Sanjay's obviously kind of high up in the Impact hierarchy now, 
and uh, Delirious are friends, and they're trying to b- rebuild the bridge that way and work together. Whereas the New Japan stuff is more of, I guess, trying to mend that fence too, because Scott Demore personally apologized to Okada for how they booked him while he was in Impact during his excursion, in which he was pretty much put into a gimmick where he was Kato uh, to for Samoa Joe. So. Uh, maybe it's just uh, their past coming back to haunt him now that Okada is this giant star and one of the best wrestlers in the world, and they're just trying to make good there. But this screams like Impact is trying to stay relevant, and nothing, I think, is more relevant on the independent scene than Ring of Honor New Japan's relationship. So uh, I guess them trying to dive in on that and make some money that way is a way for them to try to just you know, like I said, stay relevant and, and get back into the game as a company that matters instead of just being what they have been even throughout all the multiple second chances they've had. What do you think, Sean? I mean, this is, this is really interesting. I mean, uh, for the fact that we had, you know, impact for so long, you know, try to be their own thing, do their own thing, and then now they're making partnerships with, you know, Noah and AAA, and now they're trying to even get even more vast and diverse. Yeah, sorry, the dog started deciding he wanted to bark at random crap, so I had to go on mute for a little bit there. Uh, so, uh, as he's wont to do, because, you know, the wind blows and he has to bark. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, this really seems like desperation, as Paul was saying, uh, in a nicer way. It's absolute just, what can we do for somebody to pay attention to us? And honestly, for me, if I'm New Japan, I only have bad experiences with Impact. Nothing has really changed about that company uh, if anybody that speaks English can go look at their what's going on with them right now, uh, makes me go, yeah, I want to partner up with you again. Um, I don't know that New Japan is going to be too keen on ROH and Impact doing stuff together either. Not to mention because Impact Impact would then have to drop, which I don't think. Obviously, if they got New Japan, I don't think they would give a second thought to dropping Noah, but they'd also have to drop AAA because, you know, New Japan has the partnership with CMLL. So, uh, you know, they may not want to work on a show where AAA wrestlers are also working because that could cause a rift with CMLL. So, you know, and we got to think about it in a, in an American sense, the AAA wrestlers are the ones that sort of have the bigger cachet here. So, do you want to lose that in favor of, you know, New Japan is obviously better, but I I just can't in a way see how New Japan decides, let's get with this lesser company instead of just being with the one that we're on that's helped us so much and has helped us break into America and everything else. I just, I don't see this all working the way they want it to and, I don't know. He can say I'm sorry all he wants, but I just don't think that that's going to matter too much. 
Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like when you have a situation where you know you're friends with somebody and they get a really good job, and they're you know bragging about it all the time. And they're telling you how you're kind of, you know, a slouch and, you, you know, you're not as good as them. And then they lose that job. And they're, like, asking you, hey, uh, we're buddies, right? You, you have a place open over there where you're working? I love you. I love, you know. And they come begging for, you know, hey, I just need to get back in this. And that's kind of the way it feels to me because Impact has kind of alienated themselves. They were trying to be WWE for so, so long. And things have not gone right. They haven't exactly been the best to their talent. And they've changed regimes. Things are just really, honestly, still a little unstable. And they're trying to find themselves back in with the big boys. And, you know, things have worked out okay with what they're doing. I mean, AAA is a big uh, dog in Mexico, and that's a good relationship for them. But they're still trying to get back in the graces of other companies and, and do even more. I think they see the success too coming out of all these great relationships that they've had. So, I mean, I understand it. I, I get it. But yes, it is like I think, you know, you guys are right completely. Desperation move, trying to find their way back in. It, it's, I, I just don't see Ring of Honor really winning out of it. I don't see New Japan finding any way of winning out of it. So I don't know that that's going to happen. It would surprise me, really, really surprise me if either company said yes. We want to do this. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys disagree with me or not. I, I just don't know. What, what does New Japan get out of it, really? I mean, they've got a lot of great talent. Ring of Honor's got great talent. Do they really need anybody from Impact coming over? I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I don't see that. I mean, unless they want some of the old ROH guys that went to Impact, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. Uh, <laughs> I could see yeah. ROH maybe doing it. Uh, just to to have access to another talent pool or something like that, and while the history's been shaky there too throughout both companies' history, uh, you know it, it just honestly wouldn't shock me that much if ROH and, and then pa- partnered up for for any amount of time. But I just don't see it happening, especially with the broken thing basically costing them money. Like that's that's a big no no. I think in any business, whether you're talking wrestling or or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, very true, you know, and and really, here's another thing, you know, we, we talked about this too, you know, this, you know, uh, part one uh, about you know Impact really trying to find a way around getting new talent. They're trying to get these relationships working. Um, I mean, they're they're trying to court Ricochet. They're really, really trying to get him. They're trying to get Tessa Blanchard. We pretty much think and almost know to an instance that Ricochet is not going to Impact. He will be going probably to WWE. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, we really felt like was going to go to Impact, but now we're hearing she's not. Apparently, the all those shows and why she's in town during the Bound for Glory stuff is for other promotions, not even for Impact post Bound for Glory. So. They're not exactly winning over uh, people to come and join their company when it comes to the bigger names and talents in the indie circuit. So it's interesting. I think they've got a hill to climb. I think they just have to get through it. But, you know, best luck to them, I'll say. Mm Mm-hmm. New Japan, though, uh, they are hot as ever, uh, and they're doing pretty well for themselves. I mean, they've already surpassed what they did last year in attendance, uh, so you can obviously tell they're doing a lot of good things. In 2016, I mean, they totaled out, what was it, an attendance 
you know, around three. I think it was. Uh, well, anyway, I, it, I'll let Paul. I'll let you do the numbers here. But I mean, they they're just really doing well. Yeah, their attendance from at this point last year is up by almost twenty percent, which is just incredible. Uh, I think they're 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 toting uh, over three hundred thousand total as far as people that have attended shows. And you got to remember, New Japan isn't working uh, big stadiums like we have here in the states. They'll, they'll work bigger stadiums. They work smaller venues as well. So sometimes they only draw. Like Kurikin, for example, uh, they'll, they'll only draw a, like a little north of a thousand or something like that. Uh, so it, there, there are places like that where they just won't get as many people in for shows, and that's, that's sort of just how it is. Uh, so even still, twenty percent is a ridiculous number that any company is probably would be happy to see. Yeah, this is always great to hear. New Japan getting benefits from all the stuff that they're doing, having great wrestling and and uh, improving their not only their ticket sales, but just uh, in merchandise and making stars and, and everything else. Just New Japan has been on such a freaking high. It's it's incredible. And I'm glad to see that that's really taking place now and, and people going to the buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, once again, I mean, they're really one of the hottest items when it comes just to wrestling in general. And this is no surprise. It really is not. They've picked up a lot of momentum. The the superstars that they have uh, in their company, all these great, talented wrestlers, I mean, have really drawn. And, you know, I just it's exciting to see the way that they've done things over the past couple of years and the way things have grown. So really excited for New Japan and everything they're doing. Uh, well, guys, that pretty much wraps up. Well, hold on, before we, uh, mm-hmm. because this relates to the impact stuff as well. Uh, just because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but uh, as a person that's a connoisseur of uh, many different podcasts, um, uh, wrestling and, and otherwise, and, you know, I know Gary and uh, Paul both, uh, Gary is like I am, is when we're at work, we're, we're listening to, to different podcasts on the on the queue but uh, one that I always listen to every Sunday, and, and these guys uh, also do – they're still doing them on YouTube, by the way. Uh, they do incredible Raw and SmackDown reviews. Uh, you know, I, I, you, what, what you guys – what we do here is, is great, but uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out because for years I've listened to them and to know that the Anthem stuff has gotten so bad that they had to fire – or, well, I guess uh, let go – Four of their most preeminent uh, podcast hosts and uh, owners or website writers and everything else, and uh, John Pollock and all the guys at the law. Uh, for for over twenty years, they've been doing the law on Sundays, and uh, Dan Levransky and Jason Agnew were like just to listen to them every Sunday. It was awesome. They're going to come back and just in a different format of where, but those guys are not. And uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting are not coming back to that station either. And uh, like I said, they're still doing their Raw and SmackDown reviews on YouTube, so it's not like they're totally gone. But it's just it sucks that it even hit the, I guess, the smaller people. Like it's that bad for Anthem that they had to let go of all the MMA staff, mm-hmm. all the wrestling staff, basically, and uh, hope that they find – homes pretty soon because they are really talented people and 
you know, I'm sure if you listen to us, you listen to them because, you know, they've been around a lot longer. But just wanted to say my heart goes out to those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, an impact is also – uh, kept releasing people too. They they let go of Marche Rocket, MJ Jenkins, and Brian Hebner asked for his release, which they granted. And there's rumors going around that James Storm's contract might not be re- renewed come January when it expires. So uh, the cost cutting is getting pretty ridiculous on every side, and it's a big deal that they cut the law because that's sort of what kept Anthem's name. Uh, abroad outside of Canada is sort of what brought him to the attention of a lot of other people. So, uh, that, that's kind of a big deal that they're starting to cut stuff that basically brought them to the dance that they're that invested in this company now. Uh, and losing James storm. I mean, that would be a major, uh, issue for them. I think, cause you know, a guy that, that really has stayed with that company from the beginning, except for little short stints outside, you know, which NXT was one. Um, but I mean, it's just kind of the reason I say it's a big deal. It's not about James Storm being a superstar that's, you know, bull, you know, drawing a ton of attendance, but it's, it's obvious the guys that have even been the most dedicated to that company are now going to be leaving. And that's, that's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So Anthem is definitely going through it for sure. So. Uh, any chance you think uh, Brian Hebner follows his dad's footsteps and goes to WWE just to say he went there? I, I wouldn't be shocked, but it's not like WWE is really handing out contracts right now either, so maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, I mean, you could always use another ref, so I'm just throwing Did Brian Hebner there. work there before? I thought he did. I thought he did. I thought he I'm might not have. Sure. I just don't. Like, I don't remember him showing up at all. I mean, it's not that I just. They just probably because they just never used him in like any storyline or. Like I don't remember him taking some big ref bump or something. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure myself. I mean, he's a guy that you know has been around for quite a while now, but you know. Well, it's just, you know, it's amazing uh, to see all this stuff transpire with Anthem and getting rid of all these people that have been with Impact for so long. You know, it happens, God, I, I guess. I swear it wasn't that long ago that Marche Rocket was some premier signing for them, and then mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> yep. I know. Boy. <sighs> yeah. Well, there you go, guys. That is Quick Hits, and, of course, we'll have some more great Quick Hits next week, but now we are going to talk some New Japan. That's right. We are going to jump into some Power Struggle talk, and don't forget, we're also talking Bound for Glory in this week's episode of Impact, so we'll be right back with all that next. King of Spots. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right. Uh, I guess we should have talked about this off air, Sean. But did you want to take the lead, or you want me to take the lead? <laughs> I guess I'll do it here. Let's. Uh, so the pre-show match uh, for this one. Of course, this show is the last show uh, of the year. That's sort of a big pay-per-view. After this, they do the the World Tag League, uh, which is where a lot of people decide. Okay, we're going to take a break because. The only thing that comes out of this is whoever wins gets the tag team title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. And we still don't know if, uh, you know, two people that we are hoping show up as a tag team in the 
Uh, I am not Matanza when I'm not in Lucha Underground. And why am I blanking on his name? There's a uh, right now. that we talked about on the show uh, yeah. a week or two ago uh, that Matt Riddle's deal fell through because uh, Bushi Road found out about his marijuana drug test failures in the UFC. Uh, well, so no Matt, that shouldn't Jeff surprise any of us. Table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't surprise any of us. It took him that long to figure it out. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to pull the Matt Seidel and bring it into the country right. uh, knowing that he's uh, that on it you know but hey uh you win some you lose some would have been great to see him on it but eh. either way pre-show match david finley and katsuya kitamura you know i feel like this is one of those where uh kitamura's such a big dude could he he could get the win the thought crossed my mind, especially with the Young Lions Cup going on right now and wanting to keep him looking powerful. Uh, I don't think they're going to break tradition here because David Finley's been working with all the the Young Lions, basically. So I would I got Finley winning here. But this will be really fun. Uh, both guys bring a lot of energy to the ring. I would say Finley wins too, but yeah, I mean, that that's there for the surprise. I'm sure he will have his, his moments where he throws Finley around and... Mm-hmm. Uh, whatnot as well. Uh, then you get uh, one heck of an opener with Dragon Lee and Teton. Uh, one of my favorites from CMLL against the Young Bucks. Good lord. The flippies are going to be out there and happening. 10,000 like, flippies in the air. <laughs> <laughs> if they could really flip that high, they would. Yeah, they, they For probably sure. would. Uh, I just, uh, I mean... How many super kicks is it going to take to take these guys down? I don't know, but the Elmucks are going to win. But geez, uh, you know, Dragonly and Teton are going to fight until they can't anymore. Yeah, I think the Young Bucks win here, uh, and then that sets up something we'll talk about a little bit later in the card. Yeah, and then you get uh, your, you know, you know, you got to have one of these a ten uh, man tag. With uh, Hirai Kawato, Juice Robinson, Jushin Thunderlager, Kushida, and Tiger Mask against the uh, Suzuki Goons squad of El Desperado, Taichi, Taka, Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I feel like Kawato is basically here so that he can take the pin and nobody else uh, does. It should be an entertaining match just because, you know, Juice is going to bring it. Uh, you know, Liger's going to make somebody look silly, and uh, Kushida's going to be uh, pissed at some people, you know, going after El Desperado and everything. And then, uh, you know, Tiger Mask will get grumpy or something. And Saber's uh, going to torture somebody to death. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> Taichi's going to make us rue the fact that he's in this match. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Suzuki Goon team's going to win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think you're spot on with Kawato here to take the fall, but he's going to get a ton in uh, because Kawato, I think, out of all the young lions so far, has absolutely connected the most with the crowd, and they just cannot get enough of this kid. Yeah, I mean, he's just got that that fire to him that people mm-hmm. just like, and you know, sometimes he shows that edge where he could go either way. Honestly, he could be a heel if he 
he wants to. So, mm-hmm. or if they decide to go that way with him, so interesting. Uh, always with him. Maybe he joins Suzuki one day or something. Like they need more juniors. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really. But why not add another one, right? Why not? Why uh, not? You get the Bullet Club D Squad and Cody against uh, the New Japan Dads of uh, Chase Owens and Yujiro and Cody against uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe. I feel like with Cody on the team, they will somehow wind up winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will pin... Uh, I'll say he pins uh, Makabe or something to maybe tease something, or maybe this means absolutely nothing, but yeah, why not? And Cody this, tends to walk away. Yeah, this feels like it's here just to get these guys on the card, uh, which is fine. I, I don't have a problem with most of them. I mean, Tenzin's showing age very badly, and Yujiro's just lazy, which is maybe the most unforgivable thing you can ever say about a wrestler, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> Cody well, we've said that for how many years now? Uh, it's, it hasn't changed. <laughs> it hasn't changed. <laughs> Bullet Club and Cody for eh. sure win here, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they will get this one. Then you get the hopefully super exciting Super Junior Tag Tournament Finals with RPG 3K against Super 69, ACH, and Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh ACH and Taguchi are always a bundle of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should should be some fantastic stuff. And then you add the RPG 3K team in there. Uh, I feel like Super 69 won the tournament. I feel like they're going to beat RPG 3K because why not just keep changing the titles around? I think this goes the other way. I think this entire thing is here to sort of solidify that Repugni Vice 3K is sort of the new, the new, uh, the new gunslinger in town, right? They're looking great. They're looking strong. They beat everybody here, and then out come the Young Bucks, and it'll be those two at the Dome. That would not surprise me at all. Mm. <laughs> uh, or somehow they wind up making it a triple threat tag or something. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they added like five more teams to, to the Tokyo Dome <laughs> match, but <laughs> at least Rapagni 3K and the Young Bucks will will be the the main attraction, I think, as far as the tag, the junior tag titles go. Come the Dome. Yeah, having the Japanese uh, team, like you know, with the Young Bucks being the, the basically the the, the all time holders, the guys that basically hold hold these titles all the time. Having them get a big win at the Tokyo Dome, I think, would give them a big boost, I think, in a lot of people's eyes. So uh, I could see it totally going your way as well. Uh, then after this, you have a another a big tag match here. You have the Chaos team of Ghetto... Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, Tomura Ishii, and Yoshihashi against the uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón team of Bushi Evil, Hiromu Takahashi, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito. Of course, Okada Naito got the big meeting at the Dome uh, already set. And everybody really doesn't like anybody 
on these two teams. Uh, Ghetto is here to take the pin because, hey, that's what the Booker do. Mm-hmm. And, eh, what, uh, Evil gets the pin or something? Why not? I, I definitely think it's probably one of the secondary heavyweights getting the victory here. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Hiromu ends up pinning Yoshihashi or something like that, too. Uh, LIJ for sure wins. Uh, I, I think if you have Hiromu win here, I definitely expect him to challenge the winner of the junior heavyweight title match down the card here that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all, especially because, you know, I feel like we've talked about that being the inevitable match that they want to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Could certainly see Hiromu pinning someone or Hiromu just pinning ghettos for the heck of it. Uh, that, uh, you know, Hiromu doing something that makes Memphis ghetto get all crazy and Takahashi just drives him into the corner or something. Kills him. You know, kills him. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen as well. Uh, either way, it should be fun. Hopefully a good match. Always LIJ and Chaos get going at it. You know, you get some good brawls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything. So this bull rope death match for the never open weight title, Minoru Suzuki and Toriyanu. So is this the, we're just have a rope tied with each other and pull each other to and fro, or is just the four corner thing? Uh, I, I don't have an answer to that. All I know is that Minoru Suzuki is going to use that bull rope in ways that no human should ever use on another. That's all I know. That's all I know. Yano would probably try to low blow mm-hmm. Suzuki with it as well. <laughs> as well. Uh, it This could be just a absolute destruction of Yano, or this could be some match that nobody was expecting to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to hope for the latter, but understand that we could just get the former, and I would be totally okay with that as well. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, you know, Yano is going to get sympathy for just being possibly a bloody mess <laughs> or, or something. Uh, so Suzuki wins, but I will be interested to see what happens after that. And I hope to God it's not, hey, Yano got beat. Somebody else show up in the ring and challenge Suzuki. I would. But, you know, that's probably going to happen. Yeah. Um <sighs> I think Suzuki wins. I would not be shocked at all if he had the Suzuki goon shenanigans like you usually get during these things. Um, something else that we should talk about, too, is who we think... Because the Switchblade, I believe, is supposed to debut at this show. Uh, and a lot of people think it's it's basically going to be Sammy Callahan. Uh, I think Sammy Callahan could end up being involved with the Suzuki goon being added to that roster... And he maybe is the one that turns the tide here uh, that allows Suzuki to retain. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I I think it's going to be Sammy Callahan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we've they'd be a total shock if it wasn't at this point. Right. I'm uh, still <laughs> holding out for Jay, but doesn't look like it's going to be him. Uh, so, yeah... 
I could see that happening. I feel like then one of the chaos people would have to challenge him at that point. But just like for such a great company that has great wrestling and great TV shows or great shows, you would think that they would have another way at this point for somebody to challenge for a title. Uh, I think it, it sort of keeps <laughs> the legitimacy alive, at least. Like it's just somebody who thinks they're ballsy enough to challenge, and whether the champion wants to or not. To, to accept and you know why not and with Suzuki it doesn't always have to go the way you think it's going to go so you would think that if you know they would come up with some kind of like ranking system or something at this point if you really want to be like a like a sport I think that thing. sort of no. takes away from the unpredictability that wrestling is sort of supposed to have not that I don't mind a ranking system but yeah you're right I guess that would kind of pull it into more of the MMA mm-hmm. territory at that point. So you got to be, I guess, careful with that line. But yeah, I just sometimes I wish like, well, this guy sort of made sense. Or at least when they have the like, oh, I pinned a guy, mm-hmm. then I don't have a problem with it. Sometimes it's just like really random. Like, okay, this dude showed up. Oh, okay, we're going to have a match then. Right, right. So, but it, after this, we have three more uh, what could be incredible title matches here. Will Ospreay from Chaos taking on Marty Scroll from the Bullet Club. Will Ospreay is going to retain, but this mm-hmm. these two know each other so well. You know they're going to have a great match. You know it's going to be entertaining. Uh, I've, I'm like you. I feel like we have talked about this for months that if Osprey won, the inevitable was Hiromu against Osprey because mm-hmm. they've been kind of holding out on that match. Uh, so, and you get more chaos in Lij. So, why not? Yeah, Osprey's retaining, but you hope this is one of the better Osprey Scroll matches, though they've had so many. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen one that I would give less than four stars between these two. So, uh. Bets are good that it's going to be something special. Uh, yeah, and they've made a story out of Hiromu trying to challenge and failing because somebody else gets in his way, like a Will Osprey or Marty Scroll or something like that. So uh, I, I think it'd be really fun to have, you know, you play with that and Hiromu having to dodge potential challengers while he's trying to get words out would be phenomenal. But for sure, it's going to be Osprey <laughs> and Hiromu at the Dome. Let's do it again. Have everybody stand up there and everyone has to <laughs> deal with people talking in front of them. Let's go. Just throws Daryl's at him. Ah! Yeah. Just throw Daryl. <laughs> throw Daryl everyone. Let's do it. Uh, the IWGP United States title match happening. Kenny Omega against Beretta. More Bullet Club and Chaos action here. Uh, Beretta getting a big title match in a spot you feel like this is the breakout Beretta moment I mean that's I think that's the whole reason they put this match together right is to really give Beretta a big platform to go out like Juice Robinson has gotten multiple times this year whether it's the Intercontinental or the Never Open Weight or the US title uh really gone out there and just had blowy matches with some of the top stars in the company it's a formula that's proven successful so far I think it'll work with Beretta, too. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this, because I think these two match up super well. Yeah, it's Kenny Omega. He can't have a bad match with people. Mm-hmm. So, as long as he's wearing the black pants. And <laughs> so, you know, 
Uh, I think this is going to be another one of those where he's taking this seriously. I think you're going to have the moment where Beretta pulls that wool and makes you think, oh, this could be it. And then Omega shuts the door. Uh, Omega's going to retain, but I, I really hope we, we get that thriller that we've seen Omega do so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a fun story, too. Like uh, Kenny Omega and Marty Scroll and Chase Owens dressed up like Aladdin uh, for the Halloween Kirk and Hall show. And there's a picture going around of Omega and Marty Scroll kissing because uh, Kenny was Jasmine and Marty was Aladdin. <laughs> Jericho got a picture, uh, got a hold of it, and put a tweet out, and he gave the kiss seven stars. So, not even the match. It's a kiss. Seven star. Seven star kiss is the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Dave had to say about, about the kiss. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, knowing him, he's probably like, uh, well, you know, uh, that's what Omega does. Yeah, that's what you do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it brings star ratings. <laughs> yeah. So, then you get the uh, main event, which every time these two get in a ring together, it is uh, fantastic. Uh, entertainment for our eyes, and we are astonished every time. IWGP are kind of a title match. Uh, I feel like Tanahashi is going to retain because you still don't. I don't know that this really means anything about the long term for Ibushi or anything. Uh, it is good that he's being at these smaller shows, right? It's, it mm-hmm. me. I shows something for him, but. I don't know. I, I would be shocked, I think, with all the the background, if Abushi won, uh, it would be really cool for him, I think, uh, and it would be really good for the company to sort of have people feel that, hey, Abushi's back, and he's, he's Intercontinental Champion, which means we believe in him, and we want to do something with him. Uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like until that happens, and that three count goes down i gotta go with tanahashi this is the match that i am the least sure of on the entire card because there's so much going on here especially this close to the dome tanahashi without a championship match at wrestle kingdom just doesn't compute in any language whatsoever Mm. uh (laughs) and i can't imagine him not having a big platform near the end of the card to go out there and try to steal the show with somebody uh, sort of like him and Naito almost did last year that really sort of set Naito and Okada on the path that they're on now going into Wrestle Kingdom 12. If they do the switch here, uh, because it, it does look like it's going to be Kota and Kenny at the Dome for Wrestle Kingdom, which would be amazing, but if Kota wins here and they make a sort of belt-for-belt belt situation... I think that would be super interesting. I just don't know if they need to do that. And to that end, I think you're right, too. I don't know if you want to give Coda the, the 1A, essentially, with him still not being proven as far as sticking around, loyalty, all these other things that you maybe want to go. So I, I don't know. I mean, he's still drawing well as far as him getting the main event matches, especially during the G1. So, uh I don't think that's the problem. I think it's just commitment at this point and giving into 
at least Kenny's request, who has probably wanted this match for a while since Coda has been around and uh, sort of revisiting the incredible history they've had from DDT. I don't think Coda wins here either. I'm going Tanahashi too. I, however, would not be at all surprised if Ibushi has his hands raised at the end of this. Well, considering what you said, right, that mm-hmm. if, you know, I, I know where that they're already, they've already planned another U.S. tour and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Beretta is an American wrestler. Uh you think there's any way, let's say, if they were going to do Ibushi, uh, Omega has held that title before, so it's not like it would be some big major win mm-hmm. for him if he winds up uh, beating Kota. But do you think maybe they could have Omega drop the title and then you make it for the Intercontinental title? Or you think it's more likely they make it for the U.S. title then and Kota doesn't win? Or, heck, you know, both of those guys are so big, they don't. Neither one of them necessarily need need need. It doesn't really need to be for a belt, you know. It could be like AJ and Nakamura was well, it was for the IC title, but you know, right? It could have that still be in the in the. I guess for them to justify being in the semi main spot, it would have to be for one of those titles. Mm-hmm. So, I still wager, even with everything going on, that they would be third, uh, third to last, if it's going to be for the U.S. title. Because uh, Tanahashi with the IC title is still going to semi-main event, and of course Okada and Naito is going to main event and just absolutely knock our socks off. But, man, uh, it I think Kenny still walks away. I, I think Beretta is still unproven at this point. I don't know if they're willing to throw off the equilibrium that they have right now because they have four major singles titles, and every single one of the uh, leaders of the factions have a championship in Omega, Tanahashi... Right. Uh, Okada and and Suzuki. I don't know if they're going to throw that off, especially this close to uh, the Tokyo Dome and and them really counting on, I think, the drawing power of all the matches, especially in the back half of the card, right? So I I could see Kota being a U.S. champion because Kota obviously has a lot of cachet over here stateside too. And if it, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you need to be an American to hold the U.S. title. Um, Right. I, I think the tournament the tournament proved that while you did have a lot of stars in that tournament from this side of the world, you still had Naito and Ishii in there. So, uh, Mm. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Kota beats Kenny at the dome or something like that. But uh, I, I just, I, I don't see Kenny losing to Beretta here. I agree with you. I don't think he does. I would say that the reason why I don't see a Kota and, Winning the title is unless Coda's going to drop it on like a house show or something, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess they could do, you know, just to add a shock or something like that. But uh, it's just the U.S. title, I feel like it's still too young yeah. to be having a title for title kind of situation match where unless Kenny's going to win mm-hmm. to, I guess, add more prestige to the U.S. title. I don't know. Does that hurt the proceeds of the U.S. title at all if it, if he loses to Kota or something and Kota becomes double champion that way? You know, I I don't know because the the U.S. title almost seemingly was made just for Kenny to have some hardware to tote around. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So it's crazy because the thought was that they weren't even going to defend it on these shows, and here we are. Right? Yeah, so. he's defended it twice over in Japan, uh, and I think twice here in the states now too. So um, it's. It's an interesting situation to look at, too. I, I don't know if it hurts the U.S. title because it is so young. It, it doesn't have an identity yet other than being Kenny's belt. So uh, putting it up against the Intercontinental title at least might make it seem equal, and that, that could be something. And I don't know if the champion, if, if Kenny losing Dakota would hurt the championship all that much, especially if it's involved in what could essentially be a... a a match that steals the show before the, the, the main titles are even defended because I mean, Kenny and Coda just have an extremely great chemistry and they're willing to basically put themselves near death to, to put on a show. So, uh, it's hard for me to say if it would hurt the title. I could only see a match between Coda and Kenny if it were belt for belt helping, but you do bring up a point that maybe people do view it as a lesser and would expect the intercontinental champion to win, especially, yeah, the way Japan looks at things. So I don't know. I just feel like only having one title kind of leaves it in doubt mm-hmm. as to who wins. Once you include both the titles, I feel like it pushes it towards one or the other. Uh, It'd be at so that hard point. to count but, Kenny out, especially after all the gains he's made this year. And I feel bad yeah. using that word, but because <laughs> now I just sound like a total bro. But uh, I mean, Kenny's basically become. <laughs> maybe the third biggest star, fourth biggest star in the company uh, in a year, which is incredible. So I, I don't know if it would really be in that much in doubt, it, you know, if Kenny did win or Kenny lost. I, I, You know, who knows what the story they're trying to tell with Kenny, especially with his contract only having a little more than a year left on it now. Yeah, certainly. That's that's the thing, right? Is what is that all going to entail? Does he sign another contract? You know, we still don't know about Ibushi if he's going to stay on after that. Does he ever sign a contract again? Mm-hmm. Are they okay with that? You know, they seem to be okay with that right now to feature him, especially with you know what happened to Shibata and all that. So, right. but but does he take that burden and say, okay, I think I've had my time of going around and doing whatever. I feel like I need to be loyal. Uh, to New Japan, and he does. Uh, but, you know, maybe Omega and Ibushi just have to drink a protein shake together, and that, you know, <laughs> solves all the problems. <laughs> so, whatever. But, hey, that's Power Struggle. Uh, this is going to be, hopefully, an incredible show. You got three top-tier matches at the top, plus that bull rope death match that you never know what could happen with those two in the ring. Super Junior Tag Tournament final could be awesome. So uh, one way to close out the year on an incredible show uh, could be the way New Japan does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. That's awesome, and what a great card ahead of you. Uh, Power Struggle is looking pretty freaking sweet, if you ask me. All right, well, let's move on here, we guys. We're going to talk some Impact Wrestling, and we're about to jump into this episode that is really a go-home show. And after we kind of run to this, it'll be pretty quickly, uh, uh, we are going to give you our predictions for Bound for Glory. So, uh, Paul, do you want to take the reins on this one? 
Yeah, let's do it, buddy, because, uh, I, like you said, I don't know if this is going to take very long, but uh, we get some video packages, we have hype for Bound for Glory, we get a video cappage, video cappage, wow, package to recap Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie's feud going into their Red Wedding match uh, on Bound for Glory. And then we jump to Border City Wrestling to see Rosemary team up with Allie to take on Sienna and Casey Spinelli. That, this was fine, right? Allie gets the the victory here. Uh, she pins Sienna after, uh, like a code breaker German suplex combo thingy. It's kind of neat. Uh, I, I, I like Allie. I like Rosemary. I'm okay with Sienna. I thought Casey Spinelli got to look kind of good here too, but it, it, it's just sort of a match, right? I don't know if it really pushed anything home or not. Yeah, you're right about that that this was much about just having these four ladies in the ring and kind of mixing it up and and just seeing what they could you know do really it was nothing about storyline and anything about the certain feud uh and a little bit of that but you know like you said it's just a match and i think it worked out fine everybody kind of came into this had a chance to look good and uh finished it out so alley winning of course excited they all love that and I can't help it. Every time she wins a match and her reaction to it, it's it, it's like it's Christmas morning. Um, it's it's kind of fun to watch, to be, to be honest with you. So, there you go. That's so. true. Uh, we get a video package hyping up Lashley and King Mo taking on Moose and Stefan Bonner inside the Six Sides of Steel. Uh, and this whole, uh, I, I don't want to say anything because it will be very mean, uh, feud, quote-unquote. Uh, and that brings out Lashley and America Top Team. Lambert runs down Moose and uh, Bonner uh, while putting over Lashley and King Mo here. I, I kind of liked his dig at Bonner because uh, he said he's only famous for losing a famous fight. And that's that's about it. So uh, that was a nice little dig. Yeah, you know, and he's got those little moments that kind of, okay, I get it. You know, it makes sense. And, you know, the way he just does it. it sometimes it works and other times i feel like i'm just listening to white noise because he kind of has the same cadence with his voice yeah and so if you're not paying attention he just kind of goes on and on and on and you just swear he's just saying la 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 and so i'm sorry that's annoying isn't it but i'm just saying if you're not paying close attention to what he's saying sometimes you kind of get that whole wow noise feeling so i mean i i appreciate the fact that he had a few things to say here that made sense they built up to the match but uh, i'm more interested in just getting to see the match i'm hearing about it i'm sure it'll be good and i'm kind of interested to see what stefan bonner can do inside a wrestling ring but i i don't have a ton of like investment or anything like that so it's just sort of a match for me uh, yeah, because this is supposed to be a big deal for him. Exactly, it is supposed to be a big deal for him, and uh, I think him and uh, Mo-, Mo both have a limitation here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what they're going to offer us. It's going to be super exciting, but I think hopefully it, it's tolerable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a video package for Abyss and Grado, who are going to face off in a monster's ball. And if uh, Grado loses, he will not be allowed back into the country because his green card will be taken away. Uh, then we go to Pro Wrestling Noah to see Moose team up with Yuji Okabayashi taking on uh, 
Katsuhiko Nakajima and Masa Kitamiya. Uh, and if you have no idea who these people are, I don't know if Impact's really sold you on any of these guys, but they are all worth watching, especially Nakajima. He's just awesome, and I'm a huge Okabayashi fan, too, from Big Japan. Uh, the interesting part here is the match is more about those guys than it is about Moose, who just stands around for most of it. <laughs> It really is about those guys, and I kind of appreciate that for the reasons you just pointed out, Paul. Mm-hmm. For the fact that there's a lot of people that don't know them, and and this is the best way to get to know them is to to have them get in the match and mean a lot when it comes to uh, quality time, quality effort, all that good stuff. So I, I was completely fine with this, and Moose did get his opportunity to look good. I mean, there was points to this match where he looked like he was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really Really good for Moose, and I think good for everybody involved. Yeah, it's just you would expect them to showcase a match that maybe Moose was doing more. Uh, this this didn't feel like it was about him at all. It felt like it was about everybody else, which is fine. Like I said, I love all three of these guys because, uh, I mean, Kitamiya is being sort of groomed as the future number two behind Nakajima, but uh, and Okabayashi is just great at this point. I, he's working all sorts of different promotions, but you know, Moose is just sort of like he feels tacked on. Is is I guess what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I, I mean that's a fair point. I, I I agree with you too. I really do. I just you know I I think that it was nice to see some new talent. But you're right. I mean, he did feel very tacked on. Yeah. Uh, we have LAX at the clubhouse. Uh, Eli Drake and Chris Adonis come in. Drake uh, is trying to fit in by wearing a bandana, which I found pretty funny. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, Conan says, "You know, you guys are show you know, you're in the wrong place, wrong time, all this other stuff." And Drake says that uh, in tonight's match, they they can all take out their Bound for Glory opponents and, and basically walk away with championship gold without having to go to Bound for Glory. And Conan says, "This is sort of a one time deal, and after we're done here, we're coming after you and all this other stuff." So. Um, there's that, and then we get highlights for LAX and OVE, and then the X Division video package, and then they give us the match that they're going to have on Sunday, just without the title on the line. So it's Trevor Lee, Desmond Xavier, Matt Seidel, Petey Williams, Sanjay Dutt, Garza Jr. And, and to be completely fair, this is great. Like, it's, it's 10, 12 minutes of just, like, crazy over-the-top action. Desmond Xavier ends up getting the win after a big rolling kick on Trevor Lee, I, I don't know about giving this away now, but this was a ton of fun. Yeah, you're right. It was a lot of fun. And I think it's something that really, you know, hopefully meant something to the people watching to where they want to see this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't doubt that, you know, it's going to be a little different. But then again, you do have the fear that, you know, if it's not, people are going to tune out when they're watching Bound for Glory and like, oh, God, they've already shown me this. But, uh, you know, I think that they, you know, at least gave you, you something to want to care about, to get excited about possibly for Sunday, even though I really don't like when they do this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. there you go. I mean, at least they were trying to give the crowd in attendance and the people watching Impact something to, to really smile about. So I, I think this was good. Yeah. There was talk, too, that the match on Sunday might be an Ultimate X match, too. So. I don't know if that oh. it means anything anymore to people since they've overdone that gimmick forever, but <laughs> yeah, it's overdone. But at least it would change it up compared to what this is. It's true. It is. It would change it up. 
so we get a video package for the AAA Impact Wrestling feud, and then we cut to Gail Kim, uh, who you got to hear part of this during our intro, discuss her retirement and how she plans on winning the title on Sunday to show everybody she's still got it. She's coming out of um, you know an injury, and she wants to prove that she can still go with all the knockouts that are still around, and that Sunday is going to be the 10th anniversary of her first knockouts title win, which is kind of cool. And um, she basically says she's going to win the whole damn thing. And it's kind of hard to doubt her at this point, because it's not like there's anything else going on. (laughs) Uh, And the thing is really, I mean, uh, how many people would be excited about it? I think a lot. I think a lot of people would be super happy to see her win and then vacate the title. Uh, will it happen? I don't know. I, you know, but uh, I think what's cool here is that she does kind of, you know, make her last remarks. Really try to do her best to pump up this match, which I think really there was not a super amount of excitement about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about this whenever we get to our predictions too. But moving on here, we got some global forge footage, which I'm just going to skip over because it's still terrible. Uh. Commentary then hypes up the Bound for Glory card and all that good stuff again. Uh, Eli Drake and Johnny Impact get a video package. And then we get to our main event, LAX uh, and Eli Drake take on Johnny Impact and OVE. And th- this was fine. It was short uh, because really, realistically, the last like five Impact main events have been almost 20 minutes. But this uh, this gets about 12. Lots of back and forth. Impact uh, ends up getting the victory over Santana with a sunset flip after... Uh, he got hit with a dive by Jake to, to put it away. Yeah, I, this was fine. Uh, you know, they had their partnerships here with, you know, LAX, like you said, with Drake. And I, I think it worked out okay. And in the end, you know, as things kind of fell apart, um, I, I think, you know, it, it looked even more, you know, intense uh, because of the fact that, you know, you had Eli Drake and, Taking the ring apart and slamming, you know, Johnny Impact, you know, on the hard boards, mm-hmm. things like that to kind of tell you that he's injuring this guy before he has his match with him at Bound for Glory and actually trying to take him out of being able to even be there at the event. So he did it kind of everything he said he would do, mm-hmm. uh, especially when he was talking to LEX about it. So I think all that worked out. It worked fine. Uh, and, you know, it's it's going to be fun to kind of see the direction they're going to go in the future, uh, especially with this title, and to see how things are going to change. And, and is you know Johnny Impact going to be the guy that they're going to focus on, or are they going to continue running with Eli Drake? Those are some great questions, and I think this you know for the most part kept that spirit alive. Did this make you want to watch Bound for Glory at all? Like, say you had never watched Impact up to this point, and you catch this show going into to what's supposed to be their biggest show of the year. Like, did, does this make you want to watch it? I, I will say this, and, and I'll give them their due. They did a lot of video packages, mm-hmm. and the video packages pretty much summed up the story of each thing they had going, right? Yeah. I, I think they did a pretty decent job of that. So if I watch this in full, I would be wanting to see it probably and that's the honest truth. Now, I don't exactly say that I love everything because week in, week out, we come on here and talk impact. And I'm not exactly up on everything, but I also didn't get a chance just to watch highlight packages of everything. Right. If I got a chance on a week basis just to see the highlights, of course I would want to see it. 
Mm-hmm. Just watching a football game or a basketball game on highlights. Oh, that was all fun and amazing. No, that's the you, you missed about a three fourths of it that was stagnant. You know, so yeah. I, 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 I to be honest with you, Paul. I'm going to give them their due. I, I think they did a good job in the video packages of putting this thing together and making you care, but because uh, they did a lot of interviews and a lot of things that, that you should care about. So I, I'm happy with that i really am the matches themselves if i took away all the video packages the matches themselves intrigued me but i don't know that the matches themselves would have sold me on coming and watching bound for glory yeah i was i was gonna say the same thing i think they do a good job of trying to get all the stories out in front of you and trying to get you invested in the stuff that i think they could in a week like the main title match uh with the post-match angle you talked about there uh, Gail Kim talking about the knockouts title and how much it's going to mean to her on this anniversary and all those other things and uh, trying to sell you, I guess, on the big names from MMA too and trying to make Moose look like a monster and all this other stuff. So I, I think they sold the show well, even if Impact was sort of a little cut and dry this week. The, the, and most of the wrestling action we got was good, which was appreciated. But if you've been watching the product, like the video packages are just redundant. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Well- once again, we've seen all this, but uh, as I watched them and then I knew all the information right. from uh, looking at with fresh eyes, I think you could be okay and, and get behind some of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you entirely. Uh, so that just means we got to make some predictions here, Gary, uh, and we'll open with the Team Impact taking on Team AAA as Eddie Edwards teams up with EC3 and James Storm to take on uh, El Hijo de Fantasma, Pagano, and Tejano. Uh, I'm sure this will be fun. I, I think Triple A is probably going to end up walking away with a victory here, though. I'm right there with you. I mean, Phantasma, Tejano, those are the, some of the biggest names in Triple A, if I'm not wrong. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, to me, you know, I think they'd have a lot more teamwork. I think, yeah, Triple A. Yeah, I mean, it. All this stuff leading into the last couple weeks of Impact has just made it look like those guys can't work together, and that's going to be a problem. So, AAA for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we have the Red Wedding match, which I'm assuming is First Blood, but we still don't really know what it's going to be. Rosemary taking on Taya Valkyrie. I'm actually pretty excited for this match. Both these girls can go, and uh, we've already kind of got to see Taya uh, this year look uh, in that match with Sexy Star at Ultima Lucha without any rules, and it was pretty darn good. Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be kind of one of those matches that's going to surprise people that don't have a lot of expectations. Mm -hmm. I really do, and it it should be a blast to watch. I I think the only thing that I could add to it that could possibly change it or maybe even put something special to it would be if, you know, the end of the match they had a red velvet cake or something like that. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, to add into that red wedding, you could have red velvet cake smash in their face, you know, things like that. Um, outside of that, though, I really feel like if I'm picking and choosing, this is tough. It really is because I like both. I'll just say Rosemary. Uh, I'm going the other way here. I think Taya gets the victory. Uh, it feels like they're gearing her up to challenge for the knockouts title since everybody else has, they've sort of run through, um, most of the stories they can have together. And I think Taya and Gail is a match they want to have before Gail hangs them up. So 
yeah. go that way. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up some very valid points, and I could definitely see it that way. I think I just got to pick Rosemary for the fact that she's nice enough to paint fans' faces, apparently. So, <laughs> um, got to give her some props. Uh, I, and I love Rosemary, too. I don't want anything taken away from her. She's fantastic. It's just feel like Ty is the way they want to go right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the big Monsters Ball match. If Greta loses, his green card's taken away. He must leave the United States, and what a tragedy that would be, Gary. Um, but Greta's got to fight Abyss in his match. Can he overcome? Uh, well, we know that Rockstar Spud did not overcome the, the same situation. Um, so can another foreigner, which, you know, is Scottish, right? Um, I, I think he will. I think I think they'll. This is the fun. This is them. You know the, the the evil person being put down in a fun way. I think Grado gets it. I think he gets the victory. I think Grado does too. Uh, and, and hopefully this is something that toes on the lighter side because this is it's had its moments of being fun and it's had its moments of being kind of just there. Uh, so and, and hopefully we get a Laurel Van uh, Mess sighting. That'd be great too. Or Dick Justice. Or and, Dick Justice. And give me either one, I'll be happy. You could put Dick... I, well, actually, I hope Dick Justice shows up later. But that we'll, we'll talk about that when that gets there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Six sides of steel tag team match as Moose and Stefan Bonner team up to take on King Mo and Lashley. Uh, I mean, I think this one's kind of written on the wall. As I said, I'm not super invested in this. so I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm dreading it, but I'm not not looking forward to it either. Yeah, I mean, and this is a you know a match that you know I think really they're wanting to put you know a lot of emphasis on you know Bobby Lashley because he is the big name, he's a big draw. Mm-hmm. But Moose is that next guy, you know. Lashley is going to go and take a break, right? I mean, is he not under contract after? I don't remember if he's under contract after this. I don't or know not. With but, I haven't heard anything saying he's not. Yeah, but I. I really feel like this is about Moose for me. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they're really wanting to get behind that whole gimmick behind him as a wrestler and really hopefully push him in a, in a good direction. So I think, you know, you have Lashley doing the honors for him. I agree with you entirely. I think Moose wins here. Uh, Stefan Bonner and King Mo kind of bring some, some different uh, – points of view, some different, uh, maybe some different interest, hopefully ca- trying to catch some people, maybe wanting to see what they're going to do, especially Bonner, because uh, King Mo wrestling for TNA or, or Impact or GFW or whatever isn't anything new. Uh, he's done it before, so uh, definitely think Moose wins here for sure. Uh, just sort of start getting him on that path towards the top. Uh, Knockouts title match, Sienna defends against Allie and Gail Kim, and I think this one's pretty easy to pick out too. Well, who are you going with then? If it's easy, I I, I mean, you, you think Gail can? Yeah, I think they give it to Gail, and she'll drop it during the tapings afterwards to Taya. Um, just because I think they want to have that moment. They we've seen on Bound for Glory before that they're not, um, they're not exempt from the WrestleMania rule, where if you have a nice little moment to make for a wrestler or somebody who's been around or somebody like Gail Kim who has really given this company a whole lot. Um, they're they're down to help you out and give you that special moment. I think that's what this is going to be. Uh, you know, I don't think that your theory is uh, 
too far off. I really don't, and and you're probably right. Um, but for me, I, for just for fun, I'm going to pick Allie, just so I can see that Christmas morning look again. <laughs> I so, would be super ecstatic if Allie won. I'm a big fan, so <laughs> yeah. But I think you're more rock you. I really do. Um, I'll, I'll just for fun. I'll, I'll pick Allie. Uh, that brings us to the 5150 street fight for the tag team titles where everybody in LAX is legal. Uh, so, uh, I mean, if Loki was still here, he would be legal, but he's not. So that may- basically means Conan because I believe Diamante is still hurt. Uh, so OVE also has uh, a new running buddy coming in, which is pretty obviously going to be Sammy Callahan. This is kind of where I hope uh, Dick Justice shows up, Gary. Like he comes in. And it sort of fakes out being OVE special buddy. <laughs> oh man, that that would be golden. I would love it because you know the fans would be like, "What the? F-? <laughs> like, where's Sammy? Where the heck is Sammy? We paid good money to be here, and there's no Sammy." And then Sammy shows up after Dick, you know? Yeah, because you know Dick sometimes gets in the way. Yeah, exactly. You know, he kind of causes problems and. You know, it, you know, he stands up for everything he can, That's but sometimes, true. you know, Dick has to, you know, go down, and so he'll probably get beat down, and uh, you'll have Sammy uh, Callahan running and save the day. Yeah, I mean, so. it's never a good time when Dick can't stand up. You know. Yeah. No. No. no definitely not. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many we can get in here, <laughs> and I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm probably pretty out of them uh for the first time in years so <laughs> uh but yeah i know i think you're right i think uh, you know ove i mean having you know their guy joining the forces with them i think it's going to be a big moment i, I think they're going to retain I, I think so too uh they seem pretty intent on getting ove over even though they've gone about it i think completely ass backwards but uh, hopefully this is great because this is something that both OVE and uh, Sammy really excel at is just crazy chaotic matches and uh, LAX is no stranger to that as well. So this should be, I think, pretty darn good. And hopefully the match that finally makes people go, oh man, this is what OVE is all about. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm right there with you. They really need to for mm-hmm. a fact because OVE has done a few things that have made me kind of go, oh, I like I could get behind these guys, but I want to get a, a match where I'm really totally behind them. Yeah. Uh, X Division title match. Trevor Lee defends against Desmond Xavier, Garza Jr., Matt Seidel, Petey Williams, Sanjay Dutt. May or may not be Ultimate X. We don't know. Uh, but it is for the title this time around. Who you got, Gary? Uh, Xavier seems like the guy they want to really do something with. Mm-hmm. But I'll go Matt Seidel. Yeah, that's what I was about to take Matt Seidel, too, because they pushed him real hard for a while and then sort of backed off, and now they seem intent to use him again. So, and and Desmond seems too obvious, especially with him winning on Impact. So I'm going to go Matt Seidel, too. Garza Jr. is another one I wouldn't count out of this either. He's another guy they've been pushing pretty hard, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, And I'm a big, you know... 
a supporter of Garza Jr. I don't know why, but I just really dig that guy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think those names you just mentioned all are right in the running. But, yeah, I think me and you both kind of think Matt Seidel, for a couple of reasons, I think, like you said, you got that little push. And another thing is, is let's keep this guy happy. Keep him around. Let's give him a title. Yeah, and this seems like a show where they're going to try to hook you in uh, to keep you at least the live crowd coming back around because I forgot to mention this show supposedly has sold out, Gary. Um, wow, which is insane! Uh, <laughs> it's hey, great that's for really Imp- good. Yeah, it's great for Impact for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, apparently they need the money. So, uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it it really does well to have a packed house <laughs> when you're watching it on the uh, you know pay per view or just a regular taping. So. That's that's to me. That's a super big positive. Yeah, yeah, and and Matt Seidel winning the X Division title might keep people around and and bring in more viewers, which would be good for them too. So uh, that brings us to our main event as Eli Drake defends the global title or the Impact World Title or whatever we're going to call it uh, against Johnny Impact. Does the Eli Drake experiment end here, Gary? Uh, yeah, and I don't want it to. Yeah. I really, really don't want it to, uh, and it's nothing against you know Johnny Impact. I, I you know a big fan of his. He just always done such a great job. Uh, but I just I love everything that Eli Drake has given us. I think that you know he has more to to give, and I think he's going to grow more and more as the time goes by. Uh, but uh, I really feel like that they want Johnny Impact being the guy they want him to represent anthems you know whatever the title is called uh they want him to be the guy and i know they do so he's already the triple a champion might as well add him to the impact championship so uh, you know eli drake you know if this is his you know last time for at least a little while to hold that title he's done a pretty good job maybe not maybe not fantastic or anything but i think he's done a pretty darn good job and i've really enjoyed all his promos I still don't know if Eli has quite gotten the fair shake because they've already sort of put him into the traditional heel role that Impact likes their main champions to be in where they cheat all the time to win and they just can't win clean. And that's how I imagine this goes, is that Eli either retains via some interference from Adonis or Impact just straight up wins clean. And I'm I'm with you, Gary. I think Impact does win here too just because... uh, I think this is a show trying to hook people back in and trying to move titles around onto bigger stars. Seems like the way they want to go right now until they bring in either some fresh faces to fill out a, a depleting roster or uh, sort of, I guess, to, to have big cachet names that they can send around to all their different places um, that they're in partnership with and get that, you know, some exposure that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Eli is over and done here. And, and I've, like I said, I go back and forth on this guy all the time and I, I don't know if it's time to give up on him yet, but I think impact feels it's time to. Yeah. And you know, I, once again, I, I, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I really, really don't, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, they, they don't have all the confidence in the world and, but I, I think, if you let him marinate, you, you let him get a little bit more opportunities here and there, I think this guy is going to eventually prove you wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the card. It's this Sunday. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be Sammy if he's got to fly to Japan and then back to Canada to be on both shows. But uh, 
it should be fun. TNA and Impact or whatever you want to call them, they're always pretty good on pay-per-view. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had a bad time watching any of their pay-per-views uh, since they've gone to the more condensed formula. So, at least yeah. there's that. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, take a positive when you can get one. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, people's reactions to whatever happens at Bound for Glory. And I'm also really interested in how the ending of the main event is going to turn out because of this. You know, what are they going to say? You know, oh, my God, Johnny Impact wins the Impact Championship. <laughs> you know, it's the most the greatest Impact time with Impact. Impact is doing such a great job of showing up. You know, so I, <laughs> I, I still hate that last name for him. I just think it's the most ignorant thing unless you're changing your name of your show totally which maybe that is going to be a new thing maybe they rebrand after uh bound for glory who knows Mm -hmm. uh but yes that is bound for glory that's the card and uh we'll be giving you guys a little probably a little review on you know uh if we get a chance to watch it by monday if we don't we may kind of push it off and and talk a little about bound for glory uh next uh friday so so kind of keep stay tuned with us on that stuff. Uh, right now, we only have one less uh, thing left to do, and that is crown a superstar of the week. Superstar of the week. Take it away, Gary. All right. So, so we've had a pretty interesting week in, you know, trying to – figure out who we think deserves what points uh but we've kind of come to some decisions here so the first point for this week will go to braum Strowman. yeah uh braun made his grand return from being squashed in a trash compactor to uh coming back to murder the miz and company which was great fun uh and one of the more enjoyable spots on a very dull raw yeah, very much so. So, you know, I mean, you got to give some love to him after, you know, making his triumphal return. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to give him something. Uh, two points are going to our guy Eichner over on NXT. Yeah, really, really fun match with Johnny Gargano this week. If you haven't watched NXT yet, definitely go check it out. Fabian certainly looks like somebody they're very interested in making into something big over on NXT. Uh, and when you watch him in the ring, it, it's kind of hard to not see why. He's just... he's pretty damn good <laughs> yeah definitely and you know i'm expecting big things from that guy in the future mm-hmm. three points are over to mr bobby Roode. winner of the two out of three false match over on smackdown over dolph ziggler which was quite good uh even though commercials i think absolutely killed that match in some ways for me but he did find his way on the survivor series team for smackdown which is another plus and uh you know even busted out that great hashtag that you love so much, Gary. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come off. Uh, bubble gum Bobby Roode. That's not my kind of guy. Let's get back to the it factor. Not this sh- factor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, so let's go to the four points going to the Miz. Well, an absolutely wonderful match with Matt Hardy. Uh, on Raw this week that he might call delightful uh, for the Intercontinental title. The crowd was super into it, and The Miz, I think, was the has been the main focal point for Raw for the past couple of weeks without Brock Lesnar around, which is nice. It, it's been great to see him sort of carry the show with a whole company of people. Uh, I think it's been pretty awesome. Oh, uh, definitely. 
definitely. His promos alone get plenty of points from me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially the one he he's done this past week on uh, the Baron Corbin over think his Twitter. Uh, yeah. God, if you haven't seen that video, go watch that now. It's amazing. Yeah, if you guys aren't watching uh, either of their Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, they they're. They've been cutting promos on each other since their match was announced. They've all been pretty good, actually, and that's that's saying a lot for Baron. Definitely, <laughs> for a guy that has struggled quite a bit in that front. Uh, but yeah, he's done a good job. So, and, and the Miz even says it. Yeah, uh, we got five points heading over to Nakamura. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura beats Kevin Owens in the main event on SmackDown this week, also securing his spot on the uh, SmackDown Survivor Series team as well. And really, uh, maybe the best match we saw on television this week. So five points to that great, great wrestler right there. For sure. So there you go. Definitely well-deserved, Mr. Nakamura. You are our superstar of the week. Now we've got a couple of things we need to also do. We have a superstar of the month. We've got a name, and the points all were added up, and we have to give it to the Shield. Yeah, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. What what a month for those two guys, right? Uh, TLC getting back together. Uh, the matches with the Bar. Just I think really putting in great efforts to to make you care at least somewhat about the tag team division and. Uh, I mean, the Shield reunion so far, even though Roman's been out for most of it, has been pretty fun. So, hats off to those guys. Yeah, it really has. No, exactly. And, you know, the Shield is something that I wasn't sure would get over very well after, you know, having to try to re-debut and do all this. But I'll be honest with you. They're winning me over more and more. I kind of feel like they're getting back in their rhythm. And you're right, Roman hasn't been there, but I still feel like, you know, things are getting back to what they once were to a point, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not completely, but to a point. So let's see what happens when Roman gets over the mumps and yeah. uh, gets back to work. Uh, we have a, a match of the month as well. And uh, the match that we actually decided amongst all, all the other ones from the month of October we picked the New Day versus the Usos at Hell in a Cell. You know what's incredible is that this is the first WWE match to make our match of the month list so far, and, and we're 10 in. So, uh, <laughs> main roster, I should say. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn made it for May over in NXT. But uh, what, a, what a match these two teams had, right? Uh, all that great heat they had going into that thing, uh, the match at Hell in a Cell. Uh, that they built up across the street fight and all their other encounters and just what they were able to accomplish in the match too. They made it feel very different, made it feel special. All the musical instruments was great fun too. It's just an absolutely stellar match. Uh, And maybe the best one WWE's put on all year. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably pretty spot on with that. I really do. And... It, it was just a blast to watch. There mm-hmm. so many different components, so many moments that I still to this day remember. And um, that means a lot because that means that I, there, were, there were some things in there that were either pretty terrifying or just too funny. Um, so good job on those guys. They really put their bodies through it for that match and, and very well deserved for the match of the month. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And still, once again, surprises me. Wow, it's hard to believe that after... Ten weeks, only one main roster match for WWE to get on our our list. Wow, yeah. 
New Japan's just been burning it up, you know. Yeah, hey, you can't. Hey, there's no lie on that. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, there you go. Uh, we are done with the show for tonight. We appreciate everyone who's came and joined us. Uh, you know, really good stuff. Really excited about, you know, all the stuff leading up to next week. Man, tune in for episodes uh, uh, 272 uh, of our show. And uh, we'll be having so much more fun because, of course, you know, on our Tuesday show, we'll be, we'll be talking some Ring of Honor and some big news topics. And, of course, we'll be getting into Bound for Glory next week at some point as well, talking about the recap of that. And we'll probably even jump in and talk a little power struggle and kind of the results and what happened there. So some big stuff coming your way next week. You don't want to miss any of it or any moment of the action we have planned make sure you go check out w2mnet.com that's the place where you go find those shows and a lot more in the world of wrestling entertainment video games and just and everything under the sun really uh also don't forget to go subscribe rate and review over at wrestling <laughs> the max or the w2m network which one ever is your fancy go do that now and hey Make sure you get some big love over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com. Both are really awesome sites, and we appreciate all their support. And, you know, uh, there's so many things going on, and, uh, you know, like we said, so make sure you don't forget to go find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. If made YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be, make sure you go join us again next week. So there you go, guys. We appreciate it. Until next time, for myself, for Paul. Paul Leeser for Sean Garmer. If you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. Please. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.